Actually, yes. <laughs> it's going to be you doing that and then me saying this. Actually, yes. How <laughs> Star Wars is it? Well, hello there, Mike. Hi, Josiah, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Welcome and yes, to I am kind of sick. Mike is a little sick. You might be able to hear it in his voice, but if you can't hear it in his voice, then don't worry about it. Yeah. He's fine. Either way, don't worry about it. He's going to be okay. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Welcome to the podcast. This is the only podcast. And it it's is. Where we, it is. It's where we rate things on a scale of 1 to 10. What if it was the only podcast and someone was desperately looking for like some White Lotus commentary? Yeah, And yeah. the only thing they could find was this. <laughs> it's like a Twilight Zone. Uh, yes. I think we've said that before. It's like the Twilight Zone where it's the only podcast. And it's like you drop your, you drop your glass. Yeah, you drop yeah. your AirPods and they yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, That's so twisted. That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> so, so twisty. I think we have turny. had this exact conversation. We have, we have, we have definitely had this exact conversation. I saw a great tweet that was like, "You're the world's richest man. You buy a piece of technology that allows you to see the thoughts oh. of everyone in the world. Uh-huh. Their thoughts are they hate you. Yeah. For your consideration, this is the Twilight. Zone. Yeah. I and I was like, that's well. funny. That's funny. That is funny. But we're not talking about the Twilight Zone. We're talking about this podcast and what it is. It's where we rate things on a scale of 1 to 10 of how good or bad... No, wait. Of not of how good or bad they are. No, no. It's ha- not about their quality. No, it's about the quantity of Star Wars in that thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that makes sense. And that makes sense and we don't need to explain it any more than that. No, we don't. No. And we are doing... This is sort of another sequel episode. Did, can, do, you know? You that's, know what I mean? That's true because we recently revisited the topic of moving... And, yes, we uh, did. We've revisited other Star Wars films. We had, we did a season two before. We did a season two of The Mandalorian. Yes, we did. And this is our probably only our second ever season two of a television show. Yes, I uh, think you're this right. Is the White Lotus, which of course the show was originally a limited series. Right. And then they won Emmys for like best limited series, and now here they have season two i think they should give their emmys back i think they should give their emmys back false pretenses because they're not a real they're not a real limited series so they should all give it back yeah and they unless they want to go run for them again right and then maybe i would allow it right run run in their correct category yes exactly yeah so the white lotus yeah go ahead the white lotus is I thought it was just White Lotus, but it's the White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, this se- we're talking about season two, um, and it is an anthology series now. But we're talking about season two, which takes place in Sicily, right? Yeah. Sicily, and and if you've seen this show, either season it takes place at a rich people resort resort called the White Lotus. The first season, so so the show inherently has to do with like wealth, yeah. Um, given well, the setting, but the first season was like really about like colonialism and imperialism, yeah, and like and race and whiteness, yeah. 
because it was in Hawaii. You're in in somewhere in Polynesia. Hawaii. I don't know if they yeah, ever in, in say Hawaii. that it's Hawaii. I believe I believe they confirm that it's Hawaii. Okay. I mean, I know well, that well, that's where they shot it, but um, right, 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 right. And this one uh, has a different through line theme of like sex and manipulation and power. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's funny without the like colonialism uh and and like the haves versus the have nots i suppose there's some have not have relationship in this season but like it's not as uh front and center and it does make this season more like um rich people porn kind of you yeah. Know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and and no one's having a good time so it's the same thing of like money breaks your brain to quote a improv show i saw recently it's me i said that <laughs> um i was gonna say the same thing so season one is about whiteness and about colonialism and imperialism and how it affects everybody negatively right. season two is about money power and sex and how it, that affects everyone mostly negatively but also, it's it's not something that I saw someone say that I basically agree with is they were like season one was more insightful, like it was more thematic, uh-huh. and it had more of something to say. Right. But season two is more fun. Sure. And I think that I agree with that to an extent. It's like season two is a is just a fun ride, and yeah, it does. It's almost up- like when um. You know, like the the about halfway through Parks and Rec, it became like fucking zany. Yeah, like they're in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, but they can like they can have things like Entertainment Seven Twenty. Yes, and like the Decemberists come and Genuine comes for their like Harvest Festival. Like it's yeah. kind of in fantasy land, and this has like yes. more of that than season one did for sure. It's less about whiteness and more about the like um, masculinity, masculinity and weird. Yeah. A lot of stuff about masculinity and the weird ways that toxic masculinity relates to itself and to other people <clears throat> and the weird way that like sexual uh, relationships and sexual dynamics affect people. And like, um, it is, it's a little more muddy if I'm being honest. I yeah. think I like both seasons a lot. Yeah, I do too. Um, but I think this one is more muddy. Like I'm just now sort of crystallizing my thoughts about it. And that I think that it's less incisive and more just like a, well, what if we did this murder mystery thing again, but it's still a black comedy and we like tell funny stories about rich people being weird. Right. You know, uh, the, it, it does though do it. It makes you almost party to it. Whereas in season one, it's like, look at these rich fucks. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of an example of when that didn't happen in season one. And, and I'm coming up dry. But like, the, like Albie in season two, which is what we're talking about today. The, the three generation of men from the same family. And how each of them has, is exhibiting some version of toxic masculinity. The, the yes. grandfather is almost like in a Car- cartoonish yeah like in a almost like cute way because it's like you're such an old fuck <laughs> yeah and then Doesn't the dad is say. like is like pretty it, he sees that his dad is ridiculous and is like rejecting that but still being bad and then albie the youngest who's you know like 30 
think he's younger than young, that either. I think, I think he's, he's playing like, younger. Um, he's like fresh out of college, is supposed to be the, right. uh, the age of the character. And he is rejecting both, but in so doing again, it's it's less of like I I am good wholly and more like I'm aware of the systems and I'm trying not to play into them, but it's like it, that for me was like yeah, right. I mean, just he's still he's still got toxicity to him. Yeah. It's just well, the, it, you know, new generation same shit with a different coat of paint kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because like the old man, like we said it's kind of cartoonish and a little bit like doesn't matter what he says cuz he's so old. So it's just like right. you're from a different generation doesn't matter. Dad, you can't say that. The dad so there's the grandfather, the dad, the son. So the, the grandfather is the, is the old man. The dad is like the Joss Whedon, well, I'm a feminist. Right. And it's like, yeah, we get you're a feminist, but you're also a womanizer and have right. a bad relationship with women in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't figure out how to treat women in a way, like, you can't treat women as equals in a way that is, like, not toxic. You right. just have a bad relationship with every woman in your life. Right. And then Albie, the son... I think is funny in a couple in a couple different ways. We see his his poor dealings with women and his toxic masculinity. Like first off, he net the to to start with, he sort of has a relationship with Portia, who is the assistant to Jennifer Coolidge's character. Uh-huh. So she's one of the only have-nots in the show. Like she is a right. struggling to get by, like former student, also presumably like f- semi freshly out of college, right? Uh, Mid twenties person they sort of are pursuing a relationship or like a fling or whatever. And he never once listens to her. Uh Like you, you watch him. She talks and you watch his eyes sort of like, just look at her face uh-huh. and not actually take it. And then he's just like, can I kiss you? And you're like, were you listening to what she was just saying? Right. Right. Like, and she, she reacts in ways appropriate to that, where she's always surprised by him, like trying to kiss her. And stuff like that because he's never once listening he's always just trying to like like he has this weird idea in his head of what the narrative is and he's not actually taking into right. account her experience right right and there's a great little monologue that he does later with whenever she's with him and his his dad and grandpa where he's ex- basically explaining toxic masculinity to them and never once does he let her talk or yeah, ask yeah. her opinion about anything. And so she's just sitting there quiet and he's just going off and she's just like looking off in the distance, like not giving a shit about what he says. Right. It's funny that they, they play and it's written. Um, it's not, not obvious, but it's played so sincerely whereas like the exact same relationship happens on say like the office yeah but it's played for like you know like ryan on the office is just like such a shithead yeah and like that's the joke whereas in this it's like it's like you said kind of muddier and it's like well that's kind of maybe the way i would have played that too Mm -hmm. you know like it 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 well, pulls you into the into the complicit in systems thing that they're kind of trying to say everybody is. And Albie kind of the son also kind of does this thing where he puts women on a women on a pedestal, right? And so he's also not treating them as equals because he's basically like acting like they are infallible and something pure and like holy right. to be sought after. And so they they all have bad relations with women. 
Does anybody have a good relationship with women in this show? <laughs> right. To think well, of... like, no. No, not really. Because then you have the other... Other so than there's... Lucia and Mia with one another. Yeah, Lucia and Mia, I saw this great, like, Instagram or tw Twitter or something where it was like, they won the White Lotus. They did. And I was like, they totally won. Yeah. Uh, it was a competition and they won. So, like, there's a prostitute, Lucia, and her friend, Mia... And they are spending a lot of times on on the hotel grounds, like originally because they're with the dad, who is hired them for the has hired her Lucia for the week right. to be his like girlfriend in Sicily or whatever. But then immediately feels bad about it and is like, just kidding, never mind. Right. And then you've got Aubrey Plaza's group of people, yeah. uh, who were like two wealthy couples. One is recently wealthy, the other has been wealthy for a while. And how they interact with each other. Yeah, and then we end up finding out that the... By the way, spoilers, I suppose. Should we maybe say that at the top yeah, of the show? Yeah, yeah. Spoilers for... I'll put it spoilers on the episode uh, yeah. title, too. And if you're if you're this far and we've spoiled anything, sorry. I don't think we really have, but... Um, no, this, so this is a just murder mystery characters. show and there will be spoilers. Yeah. The... the um, we, we find out that the, the guy who, like you said, has kind of been rich forever... Uh, is basically broke oh we do well i don't know if broke but like when he he sort of propositions ethan to oh, yeah, like yeah, invest yeah. or to like give him money in some way like not broke but like not like liquid you know yeah, like, not, not as well off as he would seem yes uh and then of course we find out that like he cheats on his wife fairly frequently it would seem and that she's at least aware of some of it if not all of it and has kind of gotten back at him by like the uh, the children she has are strongly hinted at as being not his oh i didn't even pick up on that when when she and aubrey plaza are talking by the pool or whatever wow and aubrey plaza's like do you know if d does does your husband cheat on you or whatever and she says like i'm aware of like one instance but um you know, you kind of have to just do what you can to not feel like the victim. Um, and that's like their whole fucked up relationship is like so hot and cold. Like anytime they're not together, we we see all sorts of weird cracks. But um, she she says like, yeah, like I, I haven't uh, or like I have this this trainer back home who's so hot. He's got like white blonde hair and piercing blue eyes. And like, that's my version of like getting like the game I play or whatever. And she goes, you want to see a picture? And she holds up her phone and it's just a picture of her kids, but her kids have like white blonde hair and piercing blue eyes. And I didn't even pick up on and that. And Aubrey so was like, Oh, this is just a picture of your kids. And when she takes her phone back, she was like, Oh, hmm, funny. Yeah. Like I didn't pick up on that. Doesn't try to. Yeah. That's so good. I didn't even realize that. Damn dude. That's even more fucked up than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, intrigue. So it's a murder mystery. You know what's funny? Is this... <laughs> it's just not true at all. But this is, like, the modern Columbo. You Dude, know? okay. I wrote a, like, 1,300-word uh, article about this show this season for my friend's year-end review uh, uh, best TV shows of the year thing that he does all the time and gets, like, people to submit. Uh, oh, wow. And I... I wanted to do the after party because it is, uh, I mean, the same, same difference. And in fact, I ended up using that article to kind of talk about it as well. But, um, I think we are in a whodunit renaissance. Yeah, we are. 
And and in many cases, um, there's a couple things at play. Classic whodunit, like Agatha Christie, like literally they've remade Agatha Christie stories as films lately, Death on the Nile and, and Murder on the Orient Express. But then there's the like knives out of it all, which is yeah. sort of these like deconstructions or rather um, by his own admission, like imitations because Christie was also deconstructing here and there. Um, mm-hmm. His being Ryan Johnson. And I think the other piece, other than for whatever reason, whodunits seem hot or, or murder mysteries, probably because of like fucking true crime murder becoming hot all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, true, true, um, true, true. The other piece that I feel like is kind of laid on in this contemporary way is the like other in thing of like meta shit. Yeah. Like everybody in the Knives Out movies are like, oh, I'm in a murder mystery. Yeah. And like this show has the thing that like, like you said, Columbo, almost the opposite or like big little lies. It like starts with the knowledge that someone has died and more than likely someone killed them, but we don't know who either person is. And then we're going to see the week that led up to it. Like, yeah, uh, it's a super fun framing device for a show. And I think another way it's very similar to Columbo is Everybody in Columbo episodes are like rich fucks who think they can get away with whatever. <laughs> That's so true. Like, I think, is, is it inherent to the murder mystery genre that, like, the characters be rich? Maybe. It's, there's something, is there something more fun about it? Because it gives you more... It gives you Shot more toys. <laughs> yeah, it gives you more toys to play with, and also you don't feel as bad for the victims if they're rich. Right. Well, and you and, know? and what problems is a rich person going to have other than being murdered? Totally. Totally. Uh, and totally. obviously, White Lotus is like, oh, I'll give you ten. Yeah. Marriage problems, lot, infidelity. Uh, they got a lot of problems. Being scammed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, it's a super fun framing device of the show, as I was saying, because it's like. Occasionally you'll be watching it and you'll be like, ha ha, ah, funny. These characters are fun. I'm glad we're having all this time together. And then you'll remember, right? oh wait, this is a murder mystery. Someone's going to die. Right. And then you're like, no, wait, I don't want any of them to die. Yeah, yeah. Even though a couple of them, you're like, they could die. That'd be fine. Right. Yeah, like, it is. It is. Um, it, it is like a trick. Both seasons, in fact, are like, yes. this is a murder show. And it's like, no, this is a colonialism show or a toxic masculinity show or a black comedy or a character study or a and then the season finale is like oh yeah wait no it was a murder show <laughs> right, right 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 it was a murder show um uh yeah it's super fun and there's a lot of characters in it you got to catch up with all of them and uh it's great peppa pig peppa pig there was yes very good she's really funny too she was great. Uh, really great ensemble I was I was wondering how they were gonna like how this season was gonna do because the first season did so well, right? And part of the reason why the first season did so well was it had such a great ensemble cast. Yes, and they really knocked it out of the park again. They did great as yeah. far as casting goes. Yep, like another really great ensemble cast. Like they they um they provided different types of relationships. You know, like the the couples who go on vacation together. The three men of one family like none of it felt sweaty you know like whereas the first season had the benefit of being the first season so it's like okay one of the groups will be a rich family one will be a woman doing kind of an eat pray love thing 
One will be, you know, like all the people on vacation in the first. Who were the other characters besides like the Steve Zahn family? Uh, the the concierge guy who well, runs right. the place, of course. Um, the Steve Zahn family. I'm having a hard time remembering. Oh, the now. like newlyweds whose mom is Molly Shannon. Oh yes, 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 uh, yes, 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 yes. Alexander Daddario. Yes. Uh, so like they've given us new types of characters without it feeling like they were reaching through the bargain bin of you know tropey things i can't believe they turned it around so fast too like gosh how i guess how is it really easy to make a show with an ensemble cast that is it for just in rich locations because they made this in like less than a year yeah i don't know Although it does make me like anytime I hear about production of something like this, it makes me want to be in fucking movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, clue. Are you fucking kidding me? The, like uh, the, the movie clue. The yeah, old the one? movie like it was, you know, I don't know the, the six characters plus Tim Curry is probably eight, nine people total who were there together all the time. Like, basically everyone and, is in every scene. Like, that would have been such a fucking blast. Or, like, you know, um, like Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, They yeah, all, yeah, yeah. in, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and in interviews with whoever, they all say, yeah, I mean, we were literally at a summer camp. It felt like being at summer camp. <laughs> yeah, totally. What a dream. Especially in, the, in both of those situations, you're in an ensemble that is, like, made up of the funniest people in the world. Totally. Like that would just be a dream come true to get yeah, to like yeah. pl- play around with the literally the funniest people in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, so that was one of the things I even said in that article about like the Who Done It era. Uh, is like mark my words in the next ten years, if not five, we will get a new movie titled Clue. Oh, for I sure. I don't think that necessarily means a remake of the original movie, but I do think like adapting the board game into a comedy murder thriller will happen again. Yeah, definitely. The I Rock think be, will be Mrs. White. The Rock is Mrs. White. The Rock is Professor Plum. The Rock Ryan is Reynolds Colonel Mustard. Ryan is Mr. Green. You know what's funny is we just did the Bullet Train episode two, and Bullet Train is also a little bit of a whodunit. Yes, totally. Like, it's not really a whodunit, but it's a mystery Point in a way spinning yeah 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 you know what i mean like there is still a mystery going on i i so think what is it i yeah. think this is going to be the savior of the mid-budget movies like i've you know yeah. there's a lot of talk about like those are going away and and i'm no one to talk i haven't gone and seen the big ones of the year like banshees of inishirin or tar so like i should so i can put my money where my mouth is but like Who's got the time? Who has the time? One, but like I that that was my like big take in the the like thing I wrote was like fucking we're primed to usurp the the fucking superhero movie with the darkly funny murder mystery comedy movie yeah and like bring it bring it like I'd love to I'd love to see it like Knives Out couldn't have had a huge budget no. But like, look. it was a huge movie, huge, and it did really well. And like, did you see the after party on Apple? Yes, I did. Great, great premise. Again, it's another like meta deconstruction. It's like we're gonna do a murder mystery. Everyone is the same age; they're all at their high school reunion. But the trick is gonna be when everybody's telling their story, we see it from their point of view, so subjective to the point that each episode will be a different genre. 
Yeah, super fun. So, like, there's a romantic comedy episode and an action movie episode and an animated episode. Yeah, a musical. Like... Really fun stuff. I love unreliable narrator subjectivity kind of stuff. Knives Out does that, too. You know, like, when it replays the shot of them all at the birthday party for their dad and like the person telling the story is always the one behind him when they're like giving him his cake with his candles yes. on it like great really great i can't wait to see glass onion it's I'm awesome sad i'm sad i didn't get to see it in theaters it does a similar thing to white lotus which is like you said it might not be as like cutting or precise but it is more fun perhaps like sure uh glass onion kind of does that and i think it's still great yeah 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 yeah, yeah. totally um and now as far as how star wars it is what yeah. do we give white lotus what do, what do we give white lotus i wonder so Season okay one. andor is really starting to color the chili for me because oh. andor does pull contemporary themes into star wars in a way that like lucas did like he said in that interview with with James Cameron that keeps going around that's like uh yeah I I always saw the um the the rebels as the Viet Cong. Yes. And then of course people are like well that would mean that America is the empire. You couldn't have meant that, right? And then he's like <laughs> uh, well. And like that's what Andor does. Like it it does bring in like hot button themes of today and put them into a Star Wars skin so we can digest them better or for our, for our sick little tummies. Yeah. Yeah. For our little sugar filled tummies. Right. You, you needed a little bit of Star Wars to wash down the, the themes of imperialism. Just a spoonful of Star Wars helps the imperialism go down. That's very good. Yeah. I think I start, I, I I'm impressed because I, started singing with you and i was in the right key and i was like <laughs> good now does i don't i didn't go back and listen to our last episode we did of the white lotus but our season one episode is episode 134 from september of 2021 right uh and i don't remember what we gave it but some things come to mind like uh it's got hot music it's got a hot theme song uh, yeah this time with like an edm dance beat um it's got um themes. <laughs> you know what's funny? Star themes. Wars Star Wars as an entity, which is what we are weighing things against, is or tastes like a major factor in the chili is toxic masculinity. True. Very little of the content is that. Some of it is. Han Solo is toxic. Uh yeah. The Jedi Order. The Jedi Order, but like more so like the fandom is. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, so that's points? I bet Albie loves Star Wars. <clears throat> uh-huh, uh-huh. Also, the amount of times he said that he went to Stanford, I wanted to kill him. Great. Yeah, really funny. You know, really good, like perfect character building where yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this guy's the fucking worst? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even though he's so nice and there's nothing like outwardly wrong with him but just the fact that he said i went to stanford so many times i was like oh okay he's fucking sucks yeah. this guy fucking sucks it was like the the asshole guy in the first season always reading that malcolm gladwell book yes. i was like oh this oh guy sucks God. okay how he sucks how specific and excellent that that guy was always reading that book that book is 
fast, first of all, and he read it the entire vacation. And yeah. it is bad and wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you need like, to listen to that podcast I mentioned the other day, um, If Books Could Kill, where they just oh, like yes, eviscerate yes, yes. airport books. Yes. Because it's just like, it's just pop psychology and also like not like, what is, is it? A th- it's the 10,000 hours one, right? The he was read. I think he was reading Blink, which is the one oh, where right, it's right, like right. trust first impressions and trust your gut or whatever. Right, right, right. Which is also not necessarily true. No. But I loved it when I read it. Let me tell you. Totally. He he's he's really sure. good at marketing and packaging ideas that either he came up with and doesn't have data to support it or were already out. Like the um one of the things they say in that podcast is the ten thousand hours thing that his his whole fucking thesis largely of um the tipping point. He references at one point a a a I don't know if study's the right word, but a um theory or I'll call it a theory, I suppose, of the... What was it called? The I can't remember. The something of the of the few... Uh, but the, the theory he was referencing in support of his 10,000 hours theory was effectively the 10,000 hours theory. Sure. <laughs> like, a, little, a, little, a little plugging the electrical outlet into itself. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a circular reasoning for He's you. He's the type of logic. person who would say, and to piggyback on that and then just say the same thing. As if it were his own thing. Yeah, yeah totally. In, in, in a meeting. Wants the to worst. look smart. And, and the, the thing typical. that sucks is that person does tend to look smart. They do. Someone will be like, maybe we include the alphabet. And then someone else is like, yeah, and to piggyback on that, like, let's throw the vowels in and maybe the consonants. And, yeah, and, and yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. funny because Y is both. So... Kind of makes you there think. You go. Yeah, kind of makes you think. And that, and like, that, so many people fucking fall for that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's 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 like what what is the, man? I wonder what the psychology is behind that. Of like, just someone saying something for the second time is more appealing than the person who said it the first time. Yeah, it's almost like the the like common theory around how deja vu works is like your brain is just one billionth of a second ahead of your brain. Right, right, right. And right, it's right. like hearing something a second time is the first time your brain heard it and was beginning to process it. And then the second time was like, you're like, hey, that's smart. I've had that idea before. And it's like, yeah, you right. just had that idea. <laughs> <laughs> you just had that idea when you heard someone say it. Yeah. And then now you're thinking you came up with it. Yeah. yeah. They just that's caught what... you while you were crystallizing your understanding of the first guy. I had my, my sister, one of my sister's friends, her mom, which is a weird relationship for me, I guess, but, uh, she would always say my aunt, right. But she would always say like, like, well, there was one time whenever her Janae and my sister and her friends were like having deja vu or whatever. And they're like, I feel like I've seen this guy before. And her mom was like, yeah, it's cause you've been looking at him. And I was like, that's (laughs) so funny. Yeah. And it is so true is also like, like you just said, like that is one of the theories of deja vu. It's like, yeah, the reason you think you've experienced this before is because you just experienced it. <laughs> right, right. I know, it's like so hard to try to explain that, but it is yeah. like, that does make the most sense to me. Like, your brain is remembering something that happened because it can it access happens. a recent memory so fast. <laughs> right, it accesses it so fast. It hasn't fast even it- become a memory. It's still right. the present. And it's like, oh, that happened. Uh, it's happening again. Yeah, yeah. Calm down, Brad. Um, I'm trying to think of any other. Oh, oh, Naboo. 
Yes. Is basically Sicily. I can't remember where. They, they were in um, Lake Como, I think, which is in Italy. Mm, um, mm-hmm. When they shot all the like wedding sequences and all the time that Hayden Christensen Anakin spends on Naboo with Padme. Beautiful. Falling in love, hating sand, riding on a big balloon pig cow. <laughs> you know, the classic things you do in Sicily. Yeah. Uh, they reference the Godfather. They do, and and I don't know if Coppola. I think Coppola and Lucas were friends, contemporaries at the very least. Yeah, I think that was like a whole crew. Yeah. What else? They also, I think they reference like a lot of other like film. Like, there's that one shot of when the girls are in Noto and uh, Daphne goes off by herself, and then we are left with. Aubrey Plaza, whose name is Harper. Um, and we see all those men kind of gather around her. Yeah. Do you remember that shot? It was yes. like really claustrophobic. That's so like, a sh- like a direct remake of a shot from a movie from like the 60s. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think of any other like references like that. Madam Butterfly. There's a lot of, you know, like what I guess where I'm headed here is like referencing other media in itself. Right, right, right. Star Wars. Gosh, we haven't even talked about does. Jennifer. Cool- we haven't even talked about Jennifer Coolidge. I know, I know, crazy. Her a, whole a rev- story is fucking wild. Her story is so insane, and what like, re- and also she's so fucking funny in this. Uncle Rico, Greg, you know, is mm-hmm. like pissed to find out that her assistant is there, and we, you know, early on are like, boy, he's, he's such being, an asshole. He's being very unreasonable, and then. He does that whole thing where he gives her a great day before he has to leave unexpectedly. And it's like, that sucks, but I guess that was nice. And then, like, the gays that she, like, falls in with start doing the same thing. They're like, we just wanted you to have, like, the best night ever. And we were like, this is bad. Something's going to happen that's bad. (laughs) I know. Like, at a certain point, Charlie was like, are they kidnapping her? What's happening? And I was like, I don't know. So good. And then it gave us the classic line, these gays are trying to kill me. Right, right. Which has become a meme. Yeah, very good. Not a lot of seafaring gays in Star Wars. Mm-mm. Although every ship's captain is also gay, just like in Star, in Star Wars. What? Did you know that? In Star... <laughs> you know, whenever they go to the ship's... She goes to the ship's captain and she's trying to... Oh, yeah. Get and he's him like, to oh, help is he gay? <laughs> yeah, he's like, yay! That's why I was saying in Star Wars, all the ship's captains are also Oh, got gay. it. Because I thought where you were headed there was um, the director. No, 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 the, no. Um, Mike White? No, no, no. Like the director of the White Lotus Resort. In season one, the Australian oh, guy. And then yes. in this season, the local Italian woman. The, the Valentina, I think. Valentina, yeah. Yes, they are all gay. If you run a, if you run a White Lotus, you have to be gay. Yes, right. And Which like is a, suppressed and kind of closeted. Yeah, a little suppressed or very suppressed, a little closeted. Also, not appreciated enough. Right, right. For all the bullshit they have to go through. Man, um, that guy in season one is such a fucking asshole. I know. Like, I like the calling because the room is the wrong room the right. whole time. So annoying. Should we do? Should we jump into the break? Yes, let's jump into the pit. Here we go. Ready? Yahoo! What's up, everybody? My name is Chance Nichols, and I am the host of We Didn't Peak. It's a podcast where I interview people who don't suck. <laughs> I mean, they're people who are chasing their dreams and 
we talk about their lives, where they've been, where they're going. And Look, you don't have to be chasing your dreams to not suck. I know plenty of cool people who hate their lives, all right? Boy, this is, this is less an advertisement, more an insult. Okay, well, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at We Didn't Peak. That were. Uh, we're back oh, from the break. I hope you enjoyed that advertisement. Yes, indeed. Now, as we mentioned before, we covered the first season of White Lotus uh, uh, over a year ago, episode 134. This is episode 200-something now. Uh, yes. And here's what I did for our game this week. I copied and pasted a paragraph from September of 2021 and I'm going to reread it this time because we're playing the same game. Great. This game is called, I Know That Person, The oh, White good. Lotus Edition. Yay. You ever watch a show or movie where the cast is all famous and in other movies and TV shows and you say, hey, I know that person. This game is that. I'm going to say a movie or a TV show and you have to tell me what person from The White Lotus cast or crew is also in that. I will say it is all cast. Mike White is not included this time. Okay. Uh, So, for example, if we were instead talking about the cast of Star Wars and I said Batman the Animated Series, you would say... Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, And then you'd get hundreds of thousands of likes on Twitter. Yes, indeed. That was also just in this paragraph from over a year ago. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) we're doing that with White Lotus... Are you ready? Here we go. Yay, I'm ready. American Pie. Oh, interesting. Who's in American Pie in this? Okay, it's going to be... It's not the younger actors. They'd be too young. It's going to be the older ones. I've actually never seen American Pie, so that's... I don't know for sure. I'm going to say... The dad of Albie. Nope. The grandfather? No. Let me keep guessing. Okay. Mm. Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, she is uh, Stifler's mom. Famously, if not the originator, at the very least, what made popular the term MILF. Oh, okay. Was that movie. I don't know if it existed before or if it was an invention of American Pie, but... I don't know either. Let's ask Google Trends. Yeah, just Google MILF. All right. (laughs) Are you sure? Are you sure? Honestly, you'll probably get like contemporary television shows because there's a new show called like Milf House or something. Oh, weird. All right. Let's look at Google Trends Milf. I'd like to see. Oh, wait. It only goes back to 2004. Damn it. Well, uh, you'll, the good news is interest has stayed pretty consistent over time. <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly, it had its peak in May 2005. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it's at its lowest it's ever been. Okay, well now... Almost. Okay, is MILF from American Pie? Wow. Google Trends is funny. What about the past hour? How's it been doing the past hour? Wow. Very consistent. Did the movie American Pie coin the term MILF or did it exist prior? It was in use beforehand. 
American Whoa. Pie was released in 1999. Here's a Usenet post from 1995. Wow, I saw the pictorial in the Feb issue, and boy was I impressed. Those moms are babes. Almost unbelievable, especially that union worker one towards the front. You almost have to look twice. We have a term for it around here. It's called MILF. What year was what? that? 1995, but I don't, I don't know what this publication is that's being referenced. <laughs> uh, this this is, is a good work. This is bad, we're bad, bad podcasting. There is a, a, a sharp downturn on January... 1st of 2022, but there is a note that says an improvement to our data collection system was applied from January 1st, 2022. Oh, so it's kind of like our podcast after we revisited all the Star Wars movies and recalibrated our scale. Exactly. So it's it's not that the... It didn't actually go down that much. It's just that they became better at collecting the data. Great. So just so everyone knows. And we will do it, some crazy exploration like that with every one of these remaining questions yeah, on the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just want everyone to know the top the top most it was was in may 2005 just so everyone knows that's when the, that's when the world was the most interested in milfs okay go ahead uh all right the next one is the sopranos is that the grandfather no the dad yes yeah michael imperioli never seen the sopranos either that's a show that i would really like to start watching um my Apparently sister really good. has been lately uh okay next is Legion. Aubrey Plaza. That's correct. Yeah. I was going to do Parks and Rec, and then I was like, that's too easy. Yeah, too And easy. then I thought about doing Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I forgot she was in that. Yeah. That's so funny. Fucking everybody's in that movie. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay. We see a girl that looks like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next is the film Amadeus. Is that the grandfather? It is. F. Murray Abraham. He was Salieri in Amadeus. Really? That's crazy. And I have wow. not seen that movie. I have, but it's like, a, or have I seen that movie? I feel like I have only seen part of it because I don't remember. But that's a huge part in that movie. So like, good for him. Yeah, yeah. He's the Aaron Burr. Yeah, the he's Judas. Like, mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Huh. Now, do you remember those first two sequels to Pirates? Yeah. How? Crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about this recently, that Caitlin and I watched them in the past, I don't know, three months, six months, and that we were like, okay, so what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I, Truly? Like, I like the instinct to do Hero's Journey for the first movie, and then second movie is just like, we're scooping up everybody and throwing them to the winds and they're they have to figure everything out again you know the like the empire the superman 2 the spider-man no more spider-man 2 yeah you know yeah, like yeah. The, the fucking toy story 2 yes they're like in the first one buzz was the hot new thing and everybody had to learn to love each other in the second one we find out woody has decades of backstory and there are like people looking for woody's like collectors and museums yeah change the stakes change the stakes people but in the second and third pirates movies there's like three or four big stories all happening at once gun to my head right now i could not tell you if dead men's chest is the second or the third it's the second okay well thank god no one was pointing a gun at my head yeah yeah 
Eight years you carry that pistol, Jack, and now you waste your shot. You waste your shot. <laughs> <laughs> now, who the in Matrix White Lotus does that? Was in that movie. Yeah, it does that. Who in White Lotus was in that movie? I don't know. Would it help if I said the character from Pirates of the Caribbean is like a gay sea captain? <laughs> yeah, it would. Is it? <laughs> Is it the gay, the main gay? Yeah, the main gay. Hoist the main gay! <laughs> Hoist the main gay! Yes, it's uh, Tom Hollander, not to be confused with Tom Holland. Oh, um, yes, okay. I yeah, he plays Beckett them. in the Pirates sequels, who's kind of like um, Commodore oh. Norrington's like, antagonist. Yes. Like, he's yes. so tertiary, but weirdly, like, very important, because he's like constantly one of the people chasing everybody yeah that 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 is familiar he's now. the ticking can... clock of the sequels <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um okay next one is a film called edge of 17 and i know nothing about it edge of 17 huh is it the what's his fucking name cameron uh no his wife nope ethan no. Oh, here, here, I'll give you a hint. Um, in Edge of Seventeen, the it looks as though perhaps the primary star is Haley Steinfeld. Oh. Kira Sedgwick is in it. Yeah, no, I heard about this movie. Woody Harrelson. Uh, is it Albie? It is not. Someone's parent, then maybe. I don't know. Who, who is it? It is Haley Lou Richardson, a.k.a. Portia. Portia, I should have guessed. Yeah. It was the one young character I didn't yeah, say. Yeah, the young. Uh, okay. <laughs> the next is the television adaptation of Lev Grossman's The Magicians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is it Valentina? No. Is it... Let's see, we did that one the Albie? Yes. Oh, interesting. Adam DeMarco. And I, I just like Googled a bunch of people and what they did. I don't know if he was regular or even recurring. He might have just been like in an episode, but uh let me look actually. Yeah, he's like nowhere to be found. He's like he was in fourteen episodes of The Magicians, so not nothing. Sure. Not nothing. But there were, it would seem, at least sixty five episodes. Nice. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, let's see. Divergent. Oh. Based on Divergent. We're talking a YA novel turned movie. That doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah, that no one saw and no one knows anything about? Yeah. I even it's read gonna... the first one because I was like hot wow. off the Hunger Games. I was like, I like these. I like this like fucking popcorn ass formula. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um... I want to say it's going to be one of the young characters again. Is it Lucia? No. Is it Cameron? It is. Yeah, he looks like he was in one of those. Theo James. He was four, which is like the main guy, I think. He was four years old? He was four years old. I am two. <laughs> am I two? Am I two? <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of, have you watched that clip of Tom Cruise? Fucking no, driving a was, motorcycle off a cliff. <laughs> it was 10 minutes long and I didn't want to watch it. You should at some point. 
Okay, I will. Dude is so fucking insane. He's trying to die. I, I believe that. Yeah. Or he made a pact with some, like, god or, like, fae or something. Yeah. Where he gets, he gets unlimited fame and fortune, but he can't die. Right, right. And so now he's just testing it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to see if he can test the boundaries the, of if he can actually and it's, die. And he not. says multiple times, like, and it's all about the audience. Like, I want, like, he, he just, like, really cares about, like, verisimilitude. Or at least that's, yeah. like, what he says. But it's like, yeah, but I think also you, as, like, a five-year-old, were like, what if you rode a motorcycle off a cliff? And now that you're yeah. 60, you're like, yeah. Yeah, why not? That's cool. Yeah, sounds fun. I can I'll do that. I'll hire like dozens of people from like engineers to experts in both skydiving and motorcycling to to make make this one thing possible for me. And then not to spoil this behind the scenes video for you, but once they finally get it to the day to shoot it, he does it six fucking times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's like, "Again, this is too much fun. I want to do it again." Like, "Oh my god." A ludicrous, a crazy man, a uh, crazy man. We have two more. The next one is the soap opera "One Life to Live." Oh, is it the wife of Cameron? It is Daphne, Megan Fahey. Daphne, she looks like she could be in a soap opera. Totally. Um, and then the last one I have is Moon Knight. Who was in Moon Knight? That was in that. And uh, I'll give you another hint. This is a trick because it's someone who has already been in the game. Oh. I watched Moon Knight. I'm trying to remember. I only watched a couple before I was like, I think I'm done with Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It was different, which was fun. Oh, speaking um, of Moon Knight and an American doing a British character, did you know both of the men and the couples who are fighting with each other are British? Really? Cameron and Ethan. Yeah. They're both doing a really good American Great. accent. Great. I had no idea. I wonder if I watch it now with that in mind. If you'll I'll start hearing it, yeah. <laughs> on some R's or something. Anybody kind of things. Anybody. Uh, who the fox in Moon Knight? Here's another hint. You won't recognize the face because it was a voice performance. No. Cruel and unusual. Is it a... Uh, I don't know. Who is it? It is also F. Murray Abraham, the grandfather. Oh, he apparently was, he... was the voice of Khonshu, which I read and can't ever not say it in my head as Honkshu. <laughs> <laughs> the god Honkshu. Yeah. I love that. Oh, and then I, I uh, talk about copy-pasting this game from over a year ago. I also copy and pasted the last piece of it, which was... A bonus, Alex Blankter Blankleton for the words White Lotus, a.k.a. blank blank. And I just kept the exact same thing that I asked you over a year ago, and I'm going to see if you get it again. <laughs> okay, great. This is what you'd call Dr. Jill Biden if she emitted light. Bright Flotus. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, I did it. I should just start pulling games we've already done, but from like three fucking years ago. Yeah, then I, who's going to remember? No. Not me. I'll, I'll do it all the time. So what this other Star Wars-y things can we give points to here? It is a season two of a 
television show of only a few episodes. You know, it's like seven or eight maybe episodes, which is and kind of the it... formula for live action Star Wars TV now. That's true. On a streamer. Honestly, all of... All of Star Wars TV is a sequel to just a few limited series episodes. Uh-huh. Because there's episodes one through nine. Sure. And all Star, all Star Wars TV falls somewhere in between those. Yeah. The guy who That's created kind of it was on Survivor, and this is the second season in a row that he has cast in like little cameo roles, people he played Survivor with. Really? Uh-huh. The the That's two so women fun. who Daphne talks to on the beach in the very first scene right before we see that someone is dead in the water. She's like, "Oh, did you guys just get here?" They were both on the season of Survivor that Mike White was on. Um That's so wild. And here's where this connects to Star Wars. The new Jedi Fallen Order sequel game that comes out in March is called Jedi Survivor. Okay, there we go. And I think Jeff Probst is in it. <laughs> Now it's all coming together. Uh-huh. It's all connected. Um, is Jeff Probst in it? No, but that would be fucking awesome. What a, what a nice little Easter egg for the fans. Yeah, if there was like a Survivor... St- I don't know how you would do this, but mash up Survivor and Star Wars, please. That is my request. Oh, you know, that's going to be like the next logical thing at those... At the Star Wars... Ho- like Disney Star Wars Hotel, you know? Yeah, totally. Where it's like all... Where it's all inclusive and all like in universe and everything. And like the next logical step is yeah, it's immersive. immersive the next logical experience. step is like we've got to make you do competitions and contests yeah. and like immunity challenges, like, immunity challenges, sack races or whatever. <laughs> I have never watched Survivor. <laughs> yeah, Survivor is just elementary school field day, but on an island. Yeah, I've watched a limited amount of reality sack TV. Races. And from what I know, they always do fucking obstacle courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird, because that's not something you do as an adult very often. No, right. That's actually why so many survivor challenges have kind of all devolved into this one formula of, like, physical obstacle course followed by, like, puzzle, because, like, you can't really train for that. Right. You can train to be very strong or very agile or have really good balance, but like all the physical things kind of test all of those and then they're you're still equalized at the end by like having to solve a puzzle no one's ever seen before. Totally, totally, totally. I just remember when I watched The Bachelor for a couple seasons, there was always some like episode where they're like, and now we gotta do this wet and wild obstacle course. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, why? Yeah. Because it photographs well. <laughs> it photographs well and it make it look, makes us all look stupid. Yeah. 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 Ridiculous. Um, um, it's, this is, I think, has more to say than most Star Wars stuff has to say, except for maybe Andor, right. which we talked about earlier, right. which colors the chili a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else. Is anyone in Star Wars? Mm, good question. Not that I can say off the top of my head. I wish we needed something for this show that's like the Kevin Bacon thing, but for if they're in Star Wars. Yeah, like it, it's weird to me to think that Aubrey Plaza isn't. Yeah, how has she not been in Star Wars yet? Let me see if she is. Just like a voice or something. She's been in the Marvel, well, sort of with Legion. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I was thinking, like, why hasn't she appeared? Plus all these British people. Let me do a little digging really quick. 
Dig away. Dig away. No, it doesn't seem oh, as though there is any direct crossover of of actors. Um, hey, you know what's fun? You know what's fun? What? When I Google White Lotus Star Wars, guess what the f second fucking result is? What? Our podcast. Really? Yes, it is. Hell yeah. Yes. On just regular ass Google? Regular ass Google. If you look up White Lotus Star Wars, that's what it is. Oh, there it is. The White Lotus spoilers how Star Wars is it? That's fun. Crazy. Wait. What? Uh, sorry, I, I'm seeing like a headline. Me too. The one about Lucia? Yeah. Oh, I think it's just the word star is in there. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Sneaking around, sure. Sure. A little bit. Uh, good and evil being like obvious. I think that's one thing that is very different. Like the White Lotus goes out of its way to be like society and sociology and culture is what determines things like yeah, that totally uh no lightsabers no not at all only one major biome mm -hmm. so Which, yes it's naboo but it's not anything else right totally well let's give it a rating i'd say yeah i think we can do that all right uh, my unit measure is gonna be brooches. Mm hmm. That like Valentina gave. Mine will be those like creepy heads. Yeah, that the we weird. see all the time. The symbolism. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it a solid three. That's where my head was too. A three out of ten. Yeah, for no other reason. For no other reason other than I feel like that's right. Yeah. There you have it. We did it. There yeah, it's it, about what we feel. It's, about, it's not about it's not about the numbers, okay? It's about what we feel is right. Yeah. Um. Well, there you have it, folks. So, uh, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at Hot Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at a good podcast at gmail.com, which is funny. And that's a funny email. Yeah, it's a funny email to have. And Mike, tell them about the Patreon. Why, if you would like to hear more of this kind of thing every week, we do a Patreon where we do a weekly bonus episode. We have like we're approaching a hundred of those, plus a bunch of other content with a capital C, capital C content, and a capital O, and a capital N, and a capital T, and a capital E, and a capital N, and a capital T. It's all caps. It's Content! <laughs> uh, film commentaries, RPGs, other things like that. Um, $5 a month gets you on there, gets you on our Discord channel where you can chat with us when any of us remember to. Um, that's yeah. patreon.com slash it. And uh, keep an eye out on our Instagrams, our, our own personal respective ones for when... Uh, Anarchy, the improvised rock opera, and or uh, Baby Wants Candy improv shows start up again here now in the new year. Yeah, uh, keep an eye out. You can see us do that every so often. Yeah, it's a great time. It's always a fun time. Yeah. So, sandwiches of Star Wars, it's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. So, like we always say, we, we love, love you, you and may, and the, may fourth the fourth be with, be with you. you. Bye. Bye.